Blog Talk Radio. With only a month left until the season, we'll take a look at the Diamondbacks and we'll be joined by D-backs prospect Jazz Chisholm and we will be discussing how to make baseball more popular. Oh, doing an intro song? Okay. Yep. Hello, Diamondback Nation. Welcome back to the Rattle Up Podcast. My name is Blake. I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. Uh, we got a... We got a good show planned tonight, and uh, before we start, I just want to thank you guys for all the support on the uh, on the first two episodes, episode one and episode two. Uh, we should be joined by uh, DVAC's prospect, Jazz Chisholm, uh, at some point during the show, but um, yeah, so that will, uh, he will join uh, hopefully pretty soon. Um, <clears throat> but for now, we're going to be talking about um, the DVAC's recent moves they, they've made, which is highlighted by the signing of Wilmer Flores. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be a uh, it's a decent move. They've got a player that can fill in. Back. Okay. I'll continue. Continue, Chris. Okay, so I was going to say it just seems like it's a uh, pretty good move that it, it he can fill in multiple spots that we need. He can uh play second base if we need to move Marte to center. And he can also play first, which we, of course, traded Goldie, so he can always play that position for us. Yeah. Um, yeah, one more for us. He's been with the Mets for a long time, so he definitely knows um, that big city pressure. And uh, and uh, he's, been, he's, a, he's had a lot of service time. I mean, he, he's only 26, and he, he's a free agent. So... And he's definitely, definitely a veteran, and he, I think he can definitely be a good mentor for all these young guys like Marte and and everyone else we're calling up. And yeah, definitely. So, yeah, last year he uh, he, he played uh, a combination of, of first base, uh, third base, and second base, which um, this uh, it, it really looks like this is just a depth signing. Obviously, he's going to have a, lot, a decent amount of playing time, but what it looks like is they're probably going to use him at first base. Uh, probably first and second because it looks like um, Eduardo Escobar has been taking up most of the time at third and and uh, Flores throughout his career has been known to hit lefties better. Um, I don't know the exact uh, slash lines, but it's just definitely he's uh, just um, yeah he, he's been hit, he's able to hit lefties a lot better um, and that's kind of what we need at first base. Um, as we all know, Jake Lamb can really not hit um, he really can't hit hit lefties at all so. Getting a guy who can hit lefties and he can also he can also play different positions. I think it's it's a really good signing. Yeah, um, I definitely think he could. He, I think he's going to be playing first. I don't think he's going to be playing second because I still think they're going to have Marte there. But uh, he, him hitting lefties better is something we definitely need. As uh, as you said, Lamb is not very good against lefties and he's better against righties and it's the opposite with Flores so I definitely think that he's going to be a he's going to be a, a good addition and I, I think he's a really good signing for depth yeah because you know you can't and a major league team they can't just go into into a season with just only like say eight position players and expect to compete you have to have depth and good getting see happened last year um Pollock and even Sousa, and they were 
and also Jay, um, was Jay Clay injured last year? I can't. Yeah, he was. Okay. Yeah, um, he was yeah, injured. Were, yeah, he was injured for a while. You, they they're all going to get injured, and you're getting to either find replacements or you're going to have to call up replacements that you already have. So whereas um say so just say um that Escobar he gets injured for like a week, you can put Flores at third base, and he can you know give you he can give you some solid innings there. Um, he, his career uh. Last line is 262, 303, and, and an OPS of 727. So he's not the greatest offensive bat, but he's pretty consistent throughout the years, and he can definitely uh, fill in as just kind of that as I, mean, I wouldn't say a utility man, but definitely as as, as a role player, uh, pretty well. Yeah, it, so. yeah, it uh, definitely ahead, helps that he can play a lot of positions, and he's uh in his uh sort of limited uh, bats over the time that he spent in New York because he just hasn't been playing a lot, but he's definitely a consistent player looking at his slash lines versus righty and lefty. And I definitely think that him playing third and second and first is definitely helpful with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he's also can just be a good bench bat. He, um, he pinch hit uh, 25 times last year. So that's definitely a good amount. And so say, so say we, uh, Maybe start Lamb at first because there's a righty on the mound for the other team, and uh, and they bring in a lefty later in the game. You can put in Flores there, and he can still be. You know, he, he has solid. He has solid defense. He's a solid bat, and he's a he, he's a veteran hitter. Um, even though he's only 26, he's had a lot of experience, as I said. And so what it, what it looks like for me, as, at least as of right now, that um that you could they're probably going to put Flores starting versus or well I. It seems that a lot of his playing time is going to be at second base versus righties because if you really look at it, um, the D-backs don't have a center fielder that they can really start right now besides um, Cattell Marte. Um, obviously, you do have Gerard Dyson, but his bat is just, is not very good, and he, I wouldn't consider him an everyday start, uh, center fielder. So, yeah, it, it seems like Cattell Marte – Cattell Marte, as you know, the D-backs have been hinting at all offseason, he's probably going to be playing center field. You'll have Flores at second and Lamb at first. Or what you can do, um, again, versus lefties, you could put, um, say you could put Christian Walker at first, you put Flores at second, and really have a, a very strong lineup with a lot of good uh, power bats in there. And again, it just also just, I really add that because, you know, if um, because right now the D-backs have three, you know, decent first basemen that they like, that they could start uh, between um, between um, Lamb, Flores, and uh, Walker too. Yeah, and you ta- keep talking about depth. And another guy that I wanted to talk about that was uh, another move that they made for depth was Tim LaCastro, who they acquired with the trade with the Yankees, I believe. They uh, traded a young pitcher and. Uh, he can play lots of positions. He has played a lot, and uh, he's played a lot of places, and he's definitely a good place for a depth bat. Yeah, because um, yeah, he's he's and he's also just good as just a as a utility guy. He's got a lot of speed. Um, he played for the Dodgers last year part time. Um, he actually, um, I think he scored the winning run on one of those Matt Kemp walk offs uh, from last year. That those those that was that was, that was bad times, but uh, I don't have any flashbacks yeah. right now, but. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely just, it's a it's a nice uh, signing for the D-backs. You know, cause they need some outfield depth. Um, 
because be- besides Peralta, Marte, and, and Souza, you don't really have that much. You know, you, you do have Gerard Dyson, there is Socrates Brito, but there's not, you know, that, that uh, there's not that one solid guy. Um, yeah, and, and, uh, and uh, Lukács really adds that depth. Um, another thing, the D-backs um, right now, so another uh, place the D-backs need to look to, to make some moves is the bullpen. And you see a lot of these uh, big-name bullpen arms are going off the board. So uh, Adam Adovino and um, Cody Allen, they both just signed. And uh, Adovino went to the Yankees, and Allen went to the uh, uh, the Angels, right? Yeah. So Yeah. Because if you look at it right now, uh, the D-backs pretty much only have one guy who can can really close and like close effectively, and that's Yoshi Hirano. Because Archie Bradley, um, I I just I don't trust him personally as a closer. I I think he's just too he he doesn't really have um, that he only has really only really only has two pitches, and I don't think he and and the uh, the curveball isn't 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 great. So. Uh, unless he, you know, unless he's, he can really develop that curveball and, and, and control it, I, I think that he's more of a, of a setup guy. And uh, Hirano is, is more of that closer stuff. He kind of reminds me of uh, of Koji Uehara with that with that forkball. Yeah, I definitely think that Bradley could be a closer. He just the way he ended the last season, I don't think anyone really trusts him enough to be that closer. And Hirano ended up ending the season pretty well. So um, I definitely think he's going to be the closer. And you mentioned all the big uh, bullpen names going off the board, and I don't think the Diamondbacks are a fit for any of the big names out there. I I don't think anyone's going to want to sign here, and I don't think we really have any reason to sign a big guy. Yeah, I mean, there are some dudes, or there are some uh, some guys on the on the uh, on the free agent market that are still, you know, that you could you could possibly sign. You know, there's. There's guys like Adam Warren and and Brad Brock and and other guys. You know, uh, uh, Oliver Perez is out there still. Um, so they're definitely. I think the D back seems like they do this every year. You know, last year they signed uh, Fernando Salas. They they usually sign uh, you know sign one or two you know veteran bullpen pieces that um, that that will just t- be there just you know t- to eat innings. And uh, if you if you look at the D backs bullpen right now, so pretty much. You have Archie Bradley, Yoshi Hirano, uh, Andrew Chafin. Um, you have Jimmy Scherfe, Yolan Lopez, who should be in, on the D-backs roster. And besides that, oh, you have TJ McFarland. Um, but who else really is there? Is, Chris, do you think of anyone? I definitely think whoever doesn't get the fifth starter spot, or I think we have one or two guys that aren't going to be starters. If they keep them up in the majors, they're definitely going to be our long relievers in the situations where those starters can't go very long so I definitely think that we'll have more guys than that and I'm sure we'll sign one or two depth guys that aren't going to be top players but they'll be able to fill in some innings yeah um I mean there there are still some decent relievers out in the market and if you look at it right now the D-backs do have a, like they do have a bullpen out from seven guys you know that that have major experience that are somewhat decent but besides those guys, I mean, you have uh, Jake Barrett, who has been, you know, kind of, he, he's been he's been a little sketchy in the majors, and you know, really, <coughs> oh my bad, there's not really much else. So, 
yeah, they're definitely going to probably sign another solid veteran piece just to round off that bullpen and, and um, just round off that bullpen and make it a lot better. Yeah, definitely. And we've been uh, signing players like Tyler Matzik, I think that's how you say the name, and Merrill Kelly that are going to be uh, – they're all starters, but I definitely think that they could be moved to the bullpen if they really need a player. I don't really um, – see Matzek being in the major leagues because he wasn't signed to a major league deal and he kind of struggled. So I think that if he develops so well for a year or two, he can, he can move up to the majors. But I think that, uh, I, I don't know if we'll assign a veteran guy. I think maybe we'll sign someone that's a little younger to fill in those innings, but maybe yeah. they all um, go for the veteran. Um, well, right, right now, I think the, the starting rotation, so you have, uh, Drinky, Ray, Godley, um, who am I, who else am I thinking of? You have, so you have Granky, Ray, Godley, uh, Merrill Kelly. Who's the fifth guy that I'm missing? Um, uh, well, besides Granky, Ray, Godley. Uh, what? Matt Koch is a starter. He's probably not going to oh, yeah, be in Matt the majors, though. Um, yeah, I don't Matt know what I don't know when Tywan Walker's coming back, but he'll definitely be in, in the rotation when he, when he gets back. Um, but, yeah, it seems like either Luke Weaver or Matt Cook will probably be in the bullpen. I'm going to guess Luke Weaver will be in the bullpen since he's kind of – since he struggled last year as a starter and Matt Cook has more experience as a starter. Um, yeah. Um, another another area the D-backs addressed this year um, is catching depth. So they uh, they re-signed John Ryan Murphy. Um uh, I think it was a one-year nine thousand, and they also I also uh, as we talked about before in the Paul Goldschmidt deal, they got uh, uh, Carson Kelly. It was a uh, who yeah he was a catcher for the Cardinals, and you know this is just uh, adding this is adding more depth. You know Avila will probably start versus righties, and Murphy will probably start versus versus lefties, and you know Kelly will get get his time in there uh, from time to time. So yeah, uh, I definitely yeah. think that uh, they'll all be in there a little. Uh, Villa had lots of potential coming into Arizona, and I definitely think he can. Uh, he'll step it up and be a much better. He'll do a lot yeah. better this year, I think. Yeah, he's great defensively, but it's, he, if he can develop yeah. that, I think he'd be a really solid player. All right, well that's going to yeah. end our first segment. We're going to go to an ad here. Hey guys, this is Benson from Bucket Booth, also producer here on this show. I just want to make sure you tune in to Bucket Booth this Saturday at 6 a.m. I know it's a little bit early, 6 a.m. Eastern. But get up with us. We're going to be talking all about Pirates baseball. And if you can't tune in at 6 a.m., we always have it in the archives as well. We're going to be discussing what is in store for Jose Ozuna in 2019. He's been the star of spring training the past two seasons, but really hasn't made a huge impact in the big leagues. We're going to discuss what his future looks like in the black and gold or whether we think he should be shipped away. We're also going to be discussing Mitch Keller as he was recently ranked in the top 10 by MLB Pipeline, and when we expect him to make his Major League debut. Remember, 6 a.m. Eastern. I know it's early, the early bird special, but you're going to enjoy it. We're going to be talking about all about the Pirates and their upcoming 2019 season. You're not going to want to miss it. 6 a.m. Eastern, Bucket Booth, on Saturday. See you there. All right. Uh, welcome back. We're going to be in our second segment here. Um, uh, and we're going to just talk about the the rest of the D-backs roster real quick and some some guys, um, some guys that that uh, that struggled in the 2018 season, but hopefully they can 
step it up in, in 2019 and they could become and they can uh and they can have a, have a bounce back year. Um, so one guy that struggled last year and who was uh, kind of plagued by injury was Steven Souza Jr. Now this was a guy um, we traded Brandon Drury um, and Anthony Bonda in, in exchange and a three team deal with the Yankees and the Rays for Steven Souza and he only hit I think he only hit five home runs last year if I can check his stats real quick. Yeah, he only had five home runs and he he had an OPS six seventy eight. So, um, Chris, what do you what do you expect out of Souza for next year? I definitely think he's gonna have a bounce back year. When he came here, he was hitting, he hit thirty home runs the previous season, and he uh, the the difference was he played half the amount of games, and he just didn't have enough time in the league to uh, to play. And I think that. If he's a, if he's playing more, he's definitely he's definitely poised for a comeback, and he's going to have a much better year, maybe even a better year than 2017. Hopefully, a better year. But I I definitely think he's going to make a big comeback. Yeah. Um. Again, it might just be a um, might just be you know adapting to uh a, a National League pitching because he did play in Tampa Bay, which was which is in the AL for the past few years. But yeah, he's definitely he's a, he's definitely I would say. He's a like maybe a I, I think he's got potential to be a five-tool player. You know he's an athlete, and he runs he runs pretty well. If and he's got he's got uh, near Gold Glove defense. If you've uh, seen some of the some of the metrics, um, so yeah. I, and he's obviously got a lot of power. So I think he's definitely gonna have a, a bounce back year. I won't. I don't think it'll be as good as 2017, but I think he'll have somewhere between 20 to 30 home runs. Yeah, and you were talking about how yeah. he had good speed, and he uh, he had 16 stolen bases in his last full season, 2017, and six last year in 70 games. So he definitely has some speed, but I think he's more uh, he's probably more of a power bat, and I think that that's what he's going to be used yeah. for. And he does have really good fielding. Uh, yeah, yeah, so maybe more of a four-two put four-two player, and uh. One more thing I want to talk about here before we get into our next topic is: uh, is, is there anyone on the D-backs that you uh, would like to have traded for some prospects or something uh, before opening day? Um, I can't think of really anyone off the top of my head. I don't, I don't see them. Uh, Tori Labello said they're not doing a rebuild, so I think that means that they're not going to be trading anyone else, and I don't, I don't see them doing yeah. much to. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because if you really look at it, this uh, this team is still the same from last year. Um, um, obviously, you, you do lose Paul Goldschmidt, Patrick Corbin. You're probably going to lose AJ Pollock too, and those are three of your best players. But besides that, you still have David Peralta. You still have uh, the Gold uh, Gold Glover and Nick Ahmed. You still have Cattell Marte. You still have Zach Greinke. All these other guys, Robbie Ray. So yeah, they're definitely. They're definitely not. I wouldn't call them a bad team. They're not the Orioles or the Orioles or anything. Um, I, I, I still, still think they have uh, potential to be a, definitely a solid team. Um, yeah. We're gonna move over here into our next topic, and that is uh, just in general, how are we gonna make baseball more popular as a sport, um, uh, mainly among kids? Chris, you got any initial thoughts? I think one thing that would be important in uh, bringing baseball back and making it more popular would be if uh, more players were more, like, out there, more open on social media, doing more things. You see more uh, basketball players, football players are on, are do a lot more out on 
social media and platforms like that. And I think that if more baseball players did stuff, they would, uh, it would definitely make them more popular and the sport in turn making that the sport more popular. Yeah, for sure. Cause if, if you, if I, uh, I watched a, uh, about an hour long, uh, video, uh, it was Alex Rodriguez and some other, uh, young major league players about how to grow the game. And they were just talking about how, uh, MLB players, they need to be more active on social media because right now, if you look at it, guys like Odo Beckham Jr. Who, I mean, uh, he's not, I wouldn't even call him like a, I mean, he's, he's, he's like only a, you know, a top 10 guy at his position in, 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 in the NFL. Um, and he has like, what, like 13 million followers, something like that in the, in the, um, and I don't think any other baseball guy has more than like 1.5, which I think is Mike Trout. I, Mike Bryce Harper might have more, but I don't really know. Um, but yeah, it's, they're very small numbers. So, and I think that that's just part of the reason for that is that there's kind of just a, the old mentality around baseball is that you should just try to keep your head down and, and, you know, just, just try to just play the game and, and grind it out, which I think that's just so incredibly boring because, you know, you look at sports now and you look at the pop culture and you should look at the entertainment industry. I mean, the, the, you know, the NFL, they focus on, you know, on touchdown celebrations and, and just, you know, being, and just being uh, creative um, on the field. And baseball doesn't really do that. I mean, you, there are guys like Yasiel Puig and, and Francisco Lindor and, and, uh, you know, guys like Carlos Correa, but most, most of the of baseball, most of the baseball players are just, they just really only focus on the game and they, which I, I don't blame them. Obviously they're, they're, it's a, it's a, it's a tough league and they're, and, they, and they're trying to, you know, improve their game and stay and stay on top of things. But and then again, like I think players need to be more concerned with their image. Yeah, that that might be why they're not more out there. But I, uh, I think that something that another thing that might be uh, leading to them is that there's not much action, and it's looked it's frowned upon to be uh, to do crazy things and like like how they in the in the NFL. I'm pretty sure they. Uh, made the rules on celebrations more lenient so you could do more. And I think that uh, another thing that would help is if the mentality on celebrations and bat flips, and even though I personally think that sometimes they are obnoxious and kind of, I I personally think that they're not the best and sometimes they could be bad. I think that that needs to change a little, maybe make it so that more people do that. And then I think that could definitely help, help baseball be more popular. Yeah, because I mean, I, I, one of the uh, biggest moments from the past, you know, from, the, from recent history in baseball, was Jose Bautista's uh, bat flip in, in Game Five of the ALDS, and just just the way he just—I I mean, obviously it was a little bit disrespectful. Uh, I'm not gonna argue with that, but just just the way he just tossed the bat, and it's it's so rem- uh, so memorable for uh, for everyone watching and all the and all the fans, and that's something that they can look back to, um, and it really highlights that moment. Yeah, um, yeah, but it, it, the thing with with uh, not just that thing, but it's just with showing emotion in general. Like you don't have to bat for the home run, but if you're just you know if you're just really you know hyped and excited, that that just you know it doesn't not only does it get the crowd more involved, but it, it just gets everyone, it gets all the fans more involved, and and they become you know more attached to you. And I think you know that's something that that players can focus on, and it's also something that uh, that that, you know, people need to stop looking on as, as taboo. I mean, it's like, have, like, you know, having fun playing baseball for, I don't know why, but there's just so many, it feels like there's so many like old, old people that, that, that think that, that it's wrong. You're not supposed to 
it's supposed to just be like a gentleman's game or something like that. But that's the thing. If you want to reach out to kids, which is what MLB is trying to do, reach out to the younger generation, you're going to need to emphasize that more pretty much. Yeah, and the MLB is trying to do things like uh, pace of play rules with the pitch clock and adding a runner on the bases to make a, so that their games are shorter if they go into extra innings. And I, I don't think that's the solution at all. I think that there's definitely other ways to make it to bring it back and uh, bring it back. And uh, I, I just don't like changing the rules of the game to make it more popular. I definitely think that that shouldn't be the way they do it. Well, I, I get your point there on the extra innings rule. I think that's a really stupid rule, and that just kind of like just ruins the game. But a pitch clock has, has um, he's been tested. Wow, voice crack. It's been tested in the minors for the past few years, and it is cutting down game time. And I, I think it could make sense because you're not going to see guys like Jeremy Hellickson take for like 40 seconds in between pitches because no matter how much of a hardcore fan, uh, fan you are, um, watching someone take take almost a minute in between pitches, it, it's it's really boring. Um, you know, it's it's really boring just to watch that watch that and sit there, especially if you're out of game. So I think adding a 20 second pitch clock. It, it just speeds up the game, and it, and it just gets it, – it's more fun to watch because you're going to have action, you know, at, at decent intervals instead of having guys take almost a minute to uh, to throw a pitch. I mean, you watch Jacob DeGrom pitch. I mean, he gets he just, he just gets the ball throws, gets the ball throws, and he's, he's still uh, – I mean, obviously he won the Cy Young last year. He had one of those do- dominant uh, seasons in pitching history. So I think that pitch clock definitely could help um, just, just not only shorten games, but – just make it more entertaining as a, just watching watching it. Yeah, maybe the uh the, the pitch clock I guess I get what you say I get what you mean there and I I think that a twenty second pitch clock is definitely good and I uh I think another thing that would help is maybe uh I d I don't know if they got rid of the rule where you had to keep a foot in the box but uh I think that that might be maybe another thing that it's really small. Maybe that's something that they can add in to keep the keep the game going quicker because the batters won't be out of the box adjusting their batting gloves for a minute. Yeah, well, I mean, if you have, if you have a pitch clock uh, problem, obviously won't be uh, that won't be an issue. But um, some people are concerned with with the pitch clock is if there's runners on base and they can kind of jump a pitch because they know something has to happen at zero seconds. But um, obviously, if there was a runner on base, you would just turn the pit, they would turn the pitch clock off. <laughs> Um, because, and I think it's good to have some pauses in between pitches when there's runners on base because it kind of builds more tension. <clears throat> and obviously, you don't want to mess with the game. You don't want to mess with the the base runner's head or the pitcher's head. Um, you know, if there's a runner on base and like you can jump a jump a uh, jump a pitch when the clock strikes here. So obviously, you would have to take it out for uh, with when there's runners on base. I think they already do that in the minors. I'm pretty sure. So yeah. Uh, the next little part I want to uh, talk about. Well, um, I just the, wanted to say that. Oh, uh, yeah, go ahead. One of the problems I might see with the pitch clock is if they take too long, is there a punishment for that? And what if the hitter hits a home run and do they recall it? Or uh, what do they do for the if that happens to a play? And I just think that, that that might be another thing that they have to take into consideration. And I just don't think that they're going to – I think that that might be a little – that might be a few years out, and I, I don't think it's going to be in the yeah. league in the next year or two. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be all right, like, coming in like really soon, but I think three years down the line, I think it'll be in place because 
I, I obviously I don't think the pitch has to be delivered uh, before 20 seconds. I think the I think it's just that the that the pitcher has to start his motion before 20 seconds. And uh, I think the, if you don't start your motion, I think I think it, I think the uh, the consequence is just awarding the batter a ball. So um, yeah, I think that that's pretty much that. Um, uh, the last thing I want to say, or the, the next uh, topic I want to talk about, which we'll start here and then continue into our next segment, is just uh, baseball and pop culture compared to other sports. Um, pretty much, you know, in the NBA and, and also kind of the NFL too, but mostly the NBA, you see all these rappers, um, uh, mainly Drake, and they rap about, um, and, the, and they rap about the NBA and, and all the players, and you don't really see that in a um, you don't really see that in a, in baseball because I mean I just don't think it's it's really like it'd be, do you understand my point like I don't think it's it's really like possible to wrap it up baseball without it being really cringy. Yeah, but I also think that people listen to rap lyrics and hear them say shoot the ball and then decide uh, that they're going to start watching basketball. I, I don't I don't think that's going to help it at all. I I don't see. Well, a rapper making someone completely start talking and watching baseball or basketball or any sport for that matter. Okay, well, uh, we'll continue this discussion in the next segment. Uh, we're going to go to another ad here. This is Max from over at the Ivy, and we hope that you'll tune in at 9 Eastern time on Sunday night. We'll talk about the Ricketts family and why they won't be holding a question and answer session uh, at the Cubs convention this weekend. Another player was reclaimed by the Cubs, as he has been many times this offseason. The slow market and why that is, including when we think Manny Machado was signed, Bryce Harper, Dallas Keuchel, A.J. Pollock, along with other top free agents, and our top prospects in the Cubs system currently, including Miguel Amaya, Edward Elzulia, and when we think they'll be in the majors and how they did last season. We hope you'll tune in on Sunday night at 9 Eastern Time. Thanks, guys. All right, getting into our third segment, and uh, we just want to – oh, wow, my voice is a little bit off, but <clears throat> we just want to apologize that uh, Jazz Chisholm was not called in. He was supposed to call in tonight, but uh, obviously um, he's probably pretty busy and he just hasn't called in yet. So, again, we do apologize for that, but uh, we're going to begin here into our uh, third and final segment. And we're continuing our discussion of how to make uh, baseball more popular. So, what my I, uh, my my whole point with with what I was saying about rap, um, obviously it's not going to get people to watch the game, but I, it'll it makes it's just like you know when it's just if you're you know like at, at, at you know it's it's a lot it's prevalent with kids because like you know you'll see them at school just talking about um you know just talking about um say, like, you know, Stephen Curry or uh, James Harden or Devin Booker, you'll see it a lot more. No one really talks about, uh, at least none, none of, like, no one, like, besides me, they, no one talks about, like, you know, baseball and, like, Mike Trout and Bryce Harper and all these, like, super big names. Um, I think it's just because, you know, kids, people listen to rap and then they hear someone's name and they just – it's not that they make them watch it, but it's just – it's more relevant, like, in their head. Um, sorry, could you guys not hear me? Yeah, you're really quiet, but yeah, just go ahead. 
Oh, well, I just wanted to say that I, I don't think that hearing someone is going to make them, uh, hearing someone's name in a song is going to make them start thinking about a sport more or anything like that. Well, what I'm saying yeah. is like, you you hear, um, you know, you hear, uh, this, you, you've heard of the song Sicko Mode, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and one of the lines in that is, uh, is, is I think it's shots that I took, what like on book, and you know people just they, they hear the song and then they you know they probably you know they'll sing in the car or something like that, and it just it it's not that it gets them to watch it, but it's just that it's more relevant and and people talk about it more, and um, and you know you don't really hear that with baseball you know there's no like relevant, it's it's not really relevant in like in pop culture and and what I'm saying what I'm just saying is it's like. It's not not that people are like watching or buying merchandise, but it's not popular, you know, in in rap or in or in music or anything like that because it's just not. There's not a lot of there's not really any like any notable rappers that are talking about it. And you know, if if kids are get if if kids are listening to it and you know and uh, let's say yeah, if kids are listening to it and and it, it references you know NBA players a lot. They're gonna like they're gonna note their name and they're gonna like you know like remember their name more. That I know it won't happen unless uh, you're not going to hear any baseball fans' names, or you're not going to hear baseball players' names unless you're an avid baseball fan. That's my point, pretty much. Yeah, I, I just don't get. I I don't get why you think that uh, people listening to rap is going to make them want to uh, talk about uh, uh, players more. But I I kind of guess I get what you mean yeah um it's uh, it's just pop culture so yeah I mean I think I fell in the NBA they're just they just been more marketable and I think it's definitely swaying in the MLB's favor um but yeah you see, you see like you just see I think it's just so much there's so much more media surrounding um football um uh, one of the most popular games of of last year or probably the most popular last game of the year um, it was Fortnite, and um, you should probably know Fortnite. Um, um, they introduced a uh, they introduced a, a thing where you can uh, make a custom N- like NFL skin, and you can uh, in, like in Fortnite. And I didn't really have that for baseball, um, and I think that's one of the things that can help is is because is you know is because you know um, if if kids it's just you gotta like, you find a way to connect with with what kids are interested in. So yeah, like yeah, for example, music or. You know, kids play Fortnite a lot, so it, and that, that's what the, that's what the NFL did. That was a good marketing strategy because they, they'll know kids will see that, and they'll. And, and it's not, it's not, not. Again, I'm not saying that it's going to make them, you know, watch the NFL more or buy merchandise, but it's going to make make them more relevant, um, pretty much. Okay, I I get what you mean with um, pop culture and stuff. I think that uh, it's it's definitely a a factor that plays into it and I guess a few people might decide to start paying attention to sport more but I uh, I just don't see th- I, I don't see that a skin in Fortnite is going to make a sport more popular and I definitely think there's other ways to make a uh, to g- make baseball more popular and I don't I don't think Fortnite is the way to do that well okay yeah I, Fortnite might be a bad example but that was just Something that I just um, another thing I want to talk about is just that there's not uh, we've already kind of talked about this with not, there's not a lot of you know star personalities in the game. 
you know, in the NBA, there's, there's guys like LeBron. Everyone, every, pretty much everyone in America knows who LeBron is. Pretty much everyone knows, or a lot of people, pretty much um, everyone knows who Kobe is and Steph Curry is. Um, but if you just ask the average American who Mike Trout is, I, I would say it's less than maybe thir- it's like thirty percent probably know who he is, um, and and uh, and there's not a lot of star personalities. I think one of the one of the things that actually happened pretty recently is um, there was a whole uh, controversy over over, over uh, Kyler Murray, and you know he was just picking between baseball and football with the Oakland A's or entering the NFL draft. And uh, MLB uh, representatives actually went and talked to him and tried to convince him to be in the major leagues because the MLB needs more stars that you know kids can kids can uh, that kids can look up to and kids can like you know they, like they can say oh that's my favorite player you know because I think uh, also another thing with baseball is that you know, I think just the stats are are just and the whole analytical side of the game is a lot more complicated than it is with. Um, than it is, you know, with baseball or basketball, and I think it's not. I'm not saying kids can't. I can't understand the stats, but they're probably more uh, drawn to to you know simpler stuff like oh, say say uh, like you know, oh, uh, Hard, James Harden drops 50. You know, they're they're like more like excited over that than than um, you know something else like oh, uh, Mike Trout hits three home runs in a game. Like I, I mean, that, that's just more. You do know what I'm saying, right? Well, I think that the back to your point about how basketball is more popular and how more people know about basketball players, it definitely helps when there's more TV contracts to air basketball games and sites like ESPN and on their signature show Sports Center when they always almost all they talk about is basketball and they talk about the same players and I I think that if they had more players that were doing baseball stuff, that would be that. I I think that if it's partly because of the contracts and how they just don't work towards baseball and they're not exposing baseball as much as they are other sports and players. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's thing um, I can talk about. Um, yeah. I I think that, yeah, there's a, I think that this is more just media coverage um, with with basketball in general and instead of baseball. I think that could also have an effect. But another thing is, I think that um, just free, just how free agency is really slow um, this year. I think that can also have an effect on its popularity because the main problem is that baseball contracts are contracts are guaranteed. So let's just say say you give Bryce Harper ten years, four hundred million, and you know he. He just he he um a team's obviously not going to sign that because that means you're you're going to have to commit four hundred million dollars to him instead of instead of you know in the NFL say you sign a guy um, to a to another to a long term contract you can release him after you know a, a year or two and you won't have to pay all that money um, and that's and I think that that's discouraging you know teams from giving these guys super like huge three hundred million dollar contracts and I think that's hurting the game in general because um you know. I, I think players, you know, they they don't want to wait until like right before the season starts to know to know like where their favorite player is going to end up signing. Contracts in baseball are also, I'm pretty sure, they're typically longer and they're much more money. So I just think that per year, even. So I think that it's it unless they've some reason they made it so that contracts were uh, 
worse and uh, they weren't making as much money. I don't think there's any way to solve that. And I, uh, there was also a stat I saw that the MLB made more money last year than they ha- than ever before. So uh, hopefully that's a good sign. And it's uh, that ho- hopefully that's a sign that the baseball is going in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely do think baseball is going in the right direction. I mean, I just just watching it for the past years, um, it's definitely grown in popularity. And and it's it's not obviously. I don't think it's ever going to be as big as the NFL or the NBA, or at least for a very long time. And uh, well, I think baseball obviously has a very strong foundation, and um, especially here in Arizona, it has a big has a big uh, baseball community because you got spring training and and it's just you know. Um, uh, yeah, I think baseball's definitely trending in the right direction. They just need to, you know, find those those those, those, those small things that they needed to tweak, and I think it'll be, I think I think that'll be a lot a lot more popular. It's actually be starting starting to creep up on the NBA and the NFL, and you know, it's gonna be ten years down the line. You're gonna see baseball more mainstream, and there's gonna be more coverage. Um, you know, ESPN might actually finally talk about it for once, um, and yeah, I think it'll be a lot better than. Yeah, anything, Chris? Um, well, I I definitely think I I agree with you that there that we're getting better, and something that might help is uh there's a lot of something that baseball isn't doing that other sports are, is they're expanding, and I think that since baseball there is they're not in as many different cities as uh, other sports are, and I think that if they were just more spread out. They might be a, they might reach more people, and I definitely help think it helps make a sport more popular. If when you're growing up, there's a team right next to you, and uh, things like spring training make baseball more popular here and in Florida. And I definitely think that if they were spread out more, that it would it would help them be more popular. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's been rumors of expansion in uh, Charlotte and Portland. Yeah, there's been rumors of expansion in Charlotte and Portland, and there, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, so definitely, um, I, I, I mean, baseball is still obviously. I think I'd say it's the third best sport or the third most popular sport. Uh, it's definitely a bit bigger than the NHL and the MLS, but um, I, 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 obviously, I wouldn't say that's as big as the NFL and the NBA because uh, um, just, just, just of, just based off you know just sales and, and ratings. Um, I think another thing that might be hurting baseball is a uh, in general, it's just that there's 162 games. You know, in the NFL, there's only six, 16 plus the playoffs. So, um, you know, if you miss a miss a game in the NFL, it's a big deal. But like, if if you don't watch a game in baseball, it's like, oh, there's just tomorrow and in the next five months. So, and then that could also be a thing. But, you know, uh, definitely, yeah, I think baseball is definitely trending in the right direction, and uh, and we're gonna see a rise throughout the next three years. So I think the MLB is gonna. Make some good uh, changes. Any, any final thoughts, Chris? Um, we're, since we're wrapping up, I just want to say um, thanks for, to everyone for uh, tuning in, and we'll see you all next week. Yeah, see you all next week. Uh, sorry we could not get a uh, Jazz Chisholm on, but uh, we're gonna have, we have some more prospects planned uh, to come on the show next week. So yeah, have a good night, everyone.
Since our associate producer is not in the credits tonight, I just want to take a moment and thank our associate producer tonight, Ahmed Bomwani, for filling in uh, for myself uh, as producer of the show. We'll see you all bright and early right here tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. for Bucket Booth. Have a great week, everybody, and <clears throat> uh, we'll see you next time.